Welcome, Cacho fans. Thank you for joining us this week. This is United by Cacho, your favorite Serie A podcast. We are here to bring you the latest and greatest from the most exciting league in the world. Just forget what those prime heads are talking about. This is the best league, right, Robbie? Yes, sir. And with that, there's Robbie. Uh, <laughs> Robbie, thank you for joining me this week. And, uh, you know, there's our third episode of the Touchline Tension series talking about some of the management situations, right? The situation chips <laughs> that exist in, uh, in Serie A. Um, we've talked about Allegri and Juve. I think that relationship is looking okay. I've done a 180 there. I expect to do a 360 sometime soon. We'll see. Mm. Um, Inter and Inzaghi, I think you've done a bit of a a bit of a 180 on him, right? I mean, you've kind of turned around on him. Um, and now, yeah, yeah I mean, I, a year and a half ago, I would have said I was very like skeptical, but yeah. I feel good. Yeah, I would say so too. I mean, he's good. You know, he's good. He does a good job. You know, someone doesn't do a good job. Someone who is no longer employed at Napoli, Rudy Garcia, who is, uh, you know. Unfortunately for him, laid off by uh, Napoli's owner. Rightfully but, so. I mean, yeah, absolutely right. But I, you know, to be to be fair, I so I don't think anybody thought Rudy Garcia was an appropriate appointment. But there's something else going on in this team besides management, right? Yeah, I mean, we are talking about the champions of Italy. Yeah. They are the Scudetto holders that's right and they are in absolute shambles every time we watch them it is a mess they are not the same team and there's so many question marks why aren't they the same team they only lost one player from their starting 11 Mm -hmm. and their coach which look coaching is obviously a very important part and Spalletti is a great coach. Right. But there shouldn't be this large of a drop-off. You usually see this large of a drop-off after like a year. That's when the tactics start to go the other way. Right. But we are seeing some unprecedented results lately. That is just very concerning. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the way that this this team is playing is just pitiful uh, at times. And we sort of single out, uh, single Kvara uh, a, a lot, uh, at least I know I do, and I sort of, his temperament has changed. And you mentioned that you know, essentially he, he's he's got to grow a thick skin, right? He's got to deal with the fact that defenders, midfielders, wh- whoever it is that he's facing are going to get chippy because, like you mentioned, no one in this world likes being nutmegged. So you got to expect if you mega guy or if you, you know, do something else, right? They're going to come after you. That's just how this works. Grown men playing football. That's going to happen. And you got to expect, even if you don't do that, that they're going to come after you because they know now your vulnerabilities, your physicality, right? You can't handle being uh, physical. So he gets pissed off. He's gotten a yellow card, I think, two or three games in a row now. And things are boiling over. He's gotten into multiple scuffles at this point. And there were, honestly, there were times where I'm just started looking at the other Napoli uh, 
uh, players. And it doesn't seem like anyone's in a particular rush to come over and help them out. It's like at times there's not like, you know, in, in Juve, if something happened, there'd be like, you know, somebody coming out or Inter or vice versa, whatever. There'd be like certain passion, protect your star player. I'm not really seeing this. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But are, am I missing something here? Yeah, it doesn't feel like they have that Grinta midfielder that's like that intimidating guy who's just going to send a message physically get in someone's face and yell at them to protect their guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also just like they probably see it in practice the way we see it in games because he just every time he doesn't, something doesn't go his way, he's just complaining, whining. And like the emotions on his face say it all. He can't hide it whatsoever. Like, whenever he gets even touched, he goes down and then gets very mad. Like, that's the way football works. If you're going to try and beat someone with skill, they are going to take you down hard to try and make you second guess trying to do that to them. And so far, it's working. That's the game plan to beat Napoli. Get in Kavara's head. He then gets loses all confidence, gets frustrated, right. gets a yellow card, and his production lacks. It it's feels like it should be just like a mental health thing. Like he just needs to have a thick skin, like be able to look past it and keep playing right. his game. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like there's something more. And then like is it because he doesn't have his coach anymore in Spalletti who brought him right. to Napoli? Mm-hmm. And then, like, why is everyone on the team, bar Di Lorenzo, having a worse year? Yeah. And I guess Merritt can be included in the, he's having a good year. Um, That's a fair point. But still, it just points. feels like everyone's having a worse year. And is Kim Min Jae that re- elite of a center back? That no. the drop off at the center back pairing is that I mean he is a very good player. Do not get me wrong; he's been very good for Brian. Right. But Romani has always been a good player, and he doesn't look like that right now. No, I mean absolutely not. And I mean we, you know, the reality is we've seen this before. Now, I'm not saying Bonucci's on the same level as Armani because Bonucci's I think always been a lot better, a lot better than Armani ever was or ever has been. But. To be fair, it's sort of what, what happened after Chiellini left Juve, right? You saw the massive gaping hole that that he left or when he was injured oftentimes. Bonucci just couldn't hold his own the same way when uh, if Chiellini wasn't around. There are those center-back pairings who just can't, they don't function as well without that, that one center, really. And Chiellini was that for Juve. He was the guy, right? He was that guy. Napoli lost that guy. Kim and Jay was that guy. You saw it on the field every time. He had that passion. You almost, you had this like burning passion you saw on his face every game, right? It's a shame he wanted to leave. I think he did want to leave. He saw the bigger opportunity. He didn't want to be there anymore. He probably saw the writing on the wall. You can't blame him. Uh, and Napoli got a lot of money for him too. I mean, you can't, can't um, knock that either. But they didn't really do much with it in the offseason which is problematic, right? And then you hire Rudy Garcia. That That is unacceptable. I mean, just look at the league position for this team right now. Eighth place, eight wins, four draws, and six losses, right? Their goal differential is one above Bologna's. 
Did we expect that to be the case? No. No. And Bologna. Yeah. I mean, let's not bash Bologna here. Like they're a very I good mean, that's team fair. Yes, so far this are. year. But like it was clear before they even started the year that Rudy Garcia was not the guy to take over this team. And it yep. was clear every game we watched with him in charge that he wasn't the guy. I'm surprised it took that long. Right. And you hired a guy in Napoli that wasn't good at his previous club in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> he got no. fired from there. Like, that's like, what are we doing? Why would you hire him? Like, there's so many other options. Like, yeah. you really couldn't sell Conte on a plan? Like, I get it. That's that's a lot. And I imagine him versus De Laurentiis would be, like, great entertainment. But <laughs> um, But that would be, like, two people who can't combine at all. Um, get their heads together. Um, but it just feels like there were, there were other options. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it seems to me like there, there should have been other options. Right. But this is maybe uh, one of the issues here, right? Because I, I think, uh, ultimately they're sort of victims of their own success here, Napoli, right. In some way, because if you look at Osman's stats for the season, he's got seven goals and two assists. Kvara has uh, five goals and three assists, right? Those are not horrible numbers by any stretch of the imagination. It's not as if they've not shown up for, for games. But we expect more from them. When you look at this team's last season, um, you know, Tally, they had a 49-goal difference. 49 for a goal difference. That's insane. And you, you consider that, and we're nowhere near that. Like This, this is like 42, <laughs> 42 goals away from that. That tells you something. And to, to specifically talk about your point you just made here, the fact that there has to be someone better, right? But this makes me wonder. We've always talked about De Laurentiis always being an incredibly difficult personality to deal with, right? I'm wondering if that's just coming due at this point, right? Maybe there's just a limited pool. Maybe the reason they couldn't get away from Woody Garcia was because nobody was really interested in taking over this job because of who was attached to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I feel like if that was the case, we would hear about it in like the news. Like we would hear more about, oh, Napoli reached out to this manager and this manager and this manager, mm -hmm. and they're not interested. Publicly, they're saying it. Like, right. did they reach out to Zidane? Mm -hmm. Maybe. I, I don't know. But no like, yeah. I feel like if they were reaching out to them, we would right. get the news about it. Um, Fair point. And maybe they just put out like small feelers that were very secretive and it kept secretive. And, but I have a hard time believing that in this day and age that people can be that secretive around big news like that. That's um, fair point. But to the point of like, we were talking about Kavara five goals, three assists and Osman seven goals. And like, yes, those are fine numbers. The reason we're so harsh on them is because we talked about them as elite players in Europe. Like yeah. we didn't just talk about best players in Serie A. We talked about no. Kamara as an elite player who was a top 10 player maybe right. in the world. Yeah. So for him to have that season and then just be this disappointing is so unfortunate. And it, and I get it. 
Kavara has a lot of pressure on him. He, he is does. like it's not like Georgia is this football superpower. He right. is that footballing nation, and everyone from there is watching every Napoli game. They're behind him, and he has a lot of pressure to perform. But right. the elite of the elite perform no matter what the pressure is, and that's, that's the it. expectation. And then you get criticized when you don't meet that expectation. Um, and then Osman, same thing. Like He has that 100 mil plus price tag on him mm-hmm. that if you want to be the best striker in the world, you have got to consistently score goals. No ifs, no buts. That's it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you got, you do have to give him a little bit of slack because he's been hurt quite a bit. He's only played in 11 or started at least in 11 uh, of the matches. He's only played in 13 of them. So, you know, that does impact your play a bit, right? If you consider injuries coming back from them, it takes a while to get readjusted, et cetera. But you're right. Generally speaking, you do expect more from a player of his stature and the fact that we, not just us, but I think the world over, uh, expected more from Victor Osimhen. Uh There were rumors, mind you, of him going to Liverpool at one point, right? Uh, that That's kind of huge. Um, when you expect, however, the, the whole managerial situation to have gotten better, I expected a, a name other than Rudy Garcia, right? So then we get Rudy Garcia. Fine. Then he gets fired. Then what's the next name? Walter Mazzari. So e- the, the issue I have is either this is all on purpose and someone is horrible at planning at Napoli and someone really does not actually want to think through proper managerial hires or nobody wants to go there. I mean, it's hard to figure out, right? Because who picks, and again, no offense to Mazzari at all. He's a good coach, not for Napoli, the team that won Serie A like runaway last year so how do we how do we sort of compensate for that how do we look at that right the Mazzari hire what does that say about this team I mean granted it's also hard mid-season to you know find a good manager but that's what that's more of the thing it's just like it's so hard to find someone who's a capable manager middle of the year like right. your best manager is probably going to be Conte but then after that, it's which of course we already talked about. Like he's going to butt heads with De Laurentiis, so we don't know yeah. if that's going to work. Next is like Graham Potter, which right. I mean he's a good coach, but English coaches don't really translate to Serie A very often. Right. Um, very different culture, very different style of play. Mm-hmm. So it's like you'd rather it be someone familiar. So that's why the Mazzari at least makes sense he knows the league mm-hmm. he's probably knows some of the players right and it'll be an easier transition especially for them he probably was their goal once he's he was in was okay you we need to make top four that's that's got to be the goal at this point because right. they're not winning the scudetto that's totally fair i mean uh th- this team is uh in eighth place mind you that that's a far cry from Scudetto winning Napoli. And uh, we're talking about the performances of, of Osman, um and we're talking about the Kvada, right? But, you know, I, I don't think Di Lorenzo has been the same either. He's having a good season. I think he's on pace to have more at this point, more assists and, and more goals at this point than he was last year, which is fantastic. 
However, there, there there is some concern there because Raspadori has not been quite the addition that they expected, right? He's been good at times, but it's sort of been isolated. That's not great. Palatano's been good, but also same thing. Good at times. Isolated instances. Not consistently good. And when you think about last season's, you know, uh, awesome and 26 goals, two assists. You think about Kvada from last year, 12 goals and 10 assists. That is huge. You're missing a lot of those goals at this point in time. And you look at the top, you know, sort of Serie A stat leaders, right? You don't see Napoli players anywhere there. You just don't. You see Lautaro Martinez, right? You see Berardi, you see Lukaku. You see even Skamaka in the goals per 90 minutes, right? But you don't see Kvara. You don't see Osimhen really anywhere. That's disappointing. Yeah, for sure. And to Raspadori, like, it feels unfortunate because all last year he really wasn't playing that often from a right. starting at least, mm-hmm. which when he came from Sassuolo, like he was starting every game. He was the guy. He was scoring so many goals with Skamaka. Um, but now it's like, okay, you're starting every other game or you're every starting once every three games. So it's he has to be able to figure that out as a player. Right. The consistency of showing up whenever he gets the chance. That's mm-hmm. what he has to do. Um, that's a learning curve. He's still young. He's 23 years old. So for him... I'm not as harsh on because I think he'll mm-hmm. eventually get there. Um, but yeah, most of these players are just not meeting the standard of what they have to be. Yeah, when you, when you look at the biggest big chances missed category, Dusan, only Dusan Vlavic, actually no, he's tied with Dusan Vlavic at nine big chances missed. Yeah, so that's crazy, right? He's he's literally he's supposed to be an elite player. And so is Dusan Vlaovic, mind you, not to cut him any slack. And they're both missing incredible uh, amounts of chances here. This is not what you expect from your star player. Uh, not at all. So something's got to change here. Let's look forward for a little bit because I think we've sort of talked through uh, the current situation. Uh, I don't think any either one of us expects Mazzari to remain on this team for the rest of the year, right? Not at this pace. Uh, at least it's tough to see, right? Yeah, but it's just again, who who's the option? Like, so That's it's true. really like it's really going to come from nowhere. There's been no news, so yeah, if they keep losing in this fashion, I would imagine they'll change. But it's just they got to find a good option. Um, and you don't yeah. want to change just for the sake of changing. Um, sometimes that's right. good, but when you do it multiple times in a season, that's mm-hmm. never a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Mainly for me, when I look at it is like, they got to write the ship by February 21st, mainly mm-hmm. before, but like that champions league game in the Derby for Maradona, whatever, like the Maradona Derby mm-hmm. is going to be great. And they have to put on a show. No, I mean, I agree. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I think if we're looking to the offseason, right, and let's assume, you know what, Mazzotti keeps his job until the end of the season. Do you see Mazzotti remaining with this team past the season at all? No. No. I think he's just a, a Band-Aid, make, 
make top four, hope for top four. If you get top five and you get the fifth spot, that's for uh, like Champions League and Italy does, that's great. But I would expect them to make a real hire in the summer. Maybe they get Diego Mata from mm-hmm. Bologna. Maybe they get Sari comes back. Like again, there's once you get to the summer, there's so many more options because the yeah. managers will have their own window. They'll be at the end of their own club season and right. they won't be leaving their club high and dry. Um, That's true. So and that plus other teams will fire their managers. And yeah. so there'll be more options there. So it'll be more interesting. I would say, yeah, like they'll keep Mazzari until the end of the season. And then ideally for me, the top two would be those, the Sari back or Diego Mata, which of course Diego Mata is the preferred, but I feel like he's going to be a name in a lot of places. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he's definitely going to be uh, a, a name that pops up everywhere. Now, you know, th- there are some sort of, I, I think sort of the expected names that will pop up on that would be, like you mentioned, Mota Italiano, right? Could very mm-hmm. well pop up in that search. Um, uh, even Rafael Paladino, right? That's another good uh, coach. Maybe Dionisi after, you know, if the season ends on a sour note, right? He leaves Sassuolo. Uh, you know, just sort of pose some interesting questions, uh, scenarios rather, because you think about Allegri, if Allegri leaves Juve, which I don't see happening, but let's say he leaves Juve after after the season. Do you think there's a chance that he ends up at Napoli? That'd be kind of an intriguing scenario in my mind. I would be surprised. It wouldn't be, it'd be a better hire than Rudy Garcia and wouldn't be less surprising than yeah. that. Um yeah. But I'd be surprised. He certainly would be a person if you want to write the ship, make it just a year. But he just plays such an opposite brand of what Napoli are going for right now that I just think it would not be him. Yeah, I totally agree with that uh, that as well. It's just, it's sort of, it feels like this Napoli team is kind of desperate at this point for anybody to just say yes to them in a sense of uh, a good manager, right? When you think about the way they played this last season, I don't think Spalletti's coming back. He's with the Italian national team. He's not going to leave early at this point. And I think there's some bad blood there, likely as well, um, between Di Laurentiis and Spalletti. So I don't think that's happening either. Um, But realistically, there have to be maybe some other non-Italian hirings, right? Um, Thinking outside of the box. Chelsea. Mauricio Pochettino is not exactly doing very well. In fact, I think that's putting it very kindly right now. Chelsea is struggling mightily. Um, what if Pochettino is available? Does he fit? Yeah, he could. I I would be surprised if he left Chelsea. But then again, they have a coaching carousel every year. So it'll be interesting. But I bet he would stay mainly because he's getting backed in the biggest league in the world financially. Right. Yeah, and they have the spending power to compete with anyone. Yeah, they do. Yeah, which is, I mean, uh, probably the, the the reason why uh, you sort of would go against that idea. Um, it, you never know, of course, in soccer. Uh, it literally anything could happen, but it does sort of become difficult, even when analyzing that Italiano move, the Paladino move. Why would either one of them want to move into chaotic, potentially unknown, chaotic? Insane scenario where they have zero control and zero ability to actually exact any uh, real changes, right? So you sort of wonder, 
why would you move? If you're from, if you're Italiano, if you're Argentina, why would you go to Napoli? Like, what's the incentive? The real incentive? Last year, you could have that happen. His last you year, you could win a Scudetto this year. Well, I don't know. Yeah, right. It's true. Well, would it happen? Like for them, it's like, do you think it would happen under you? Right. Um, and it's the confidence of those coaches. So I would say they should have their own confidence that they wouldn't let this happen. It's a Rudy Garcia right. thing in their mind. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would think Italiano would make this move because he knows Napoli can reach higher points than Fiorentina. No offense to Fiorentina. No, no, of course. I get, I get your point. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't think there's anything offensive. It's just, you know, teams in different, uh, different sort of levels uh, of the game. Um, with that said, it would be great to see this Napoli team back up. It would be great to see this team firing uh, on all cylinders again, because I mean, it, it is exciting when you, when you watch them play at their best, man, uh, they really do play very well. And uh, honestly, something I think is un- sort of undervalued was Kim and Jay's impact on the passing game, right? His ability to sort of move, uh, move mm-hmm. the ball upfield. I think that was undervalued uh, because he was such a physical presence back there. I think that's something that they missed desperately as well. Uh, so there's a bit of disconnect there. With that said, we've come to the end of uh, this episode. We'll see what happens with Napoli. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more to come out of this. I mean, there's another uh, winter transfer market in front of us. I'm sure rumors will be swirling. There's some rumors right now that Napoli have uh, readied a bid for Radu Dragushin uh, of uh, Genoa. There so that's go. kind of uh, huge, right? Uh, they're fighting with Tottenham, though, on this. So we'll yep. see who's who's winning. Uh, there's also rumors of them fighting for other defenders and such, which they desperately need. So yep. we'll see where things go. Thank you for joining us this week on this episode. We are uh, everywhere. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, X, whatever that platform is called on uh, on this day. Robbie, thank you for joining me again. Thanks for having me. And uh, this episode will be out on a Friday. Thank you again for listening. Ciao, everyone. Ciao.